And I just wanted to say to everybody here this morning, I came here for war. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And the emphasis that we have been in concerning the army and warfare that you so aptly introduced several weeks ago and that you guys have been teaching on. For those of you that don't know, he pastors here. We have we believe in five-fold ministry. And he is a, a, an actual lead kind of pastor and teacher. Uh, his, uh, the worship that he does is an invitation into what's about to be heard and demonstrated because he demonstrates the power of the Spirit with miracles and healings and signs and wonders. This brand new little group that we have right now is actually seed for millions. If it's your first time here, you were brought here by the Lord. Whether you live here or not, God brought you here to speak to you and emblazon your soul and burn in your bones with a fire that cannot be quenched and that you cannot contain. It will come out of your lips of clay. You will utter glorious things that are spoken of them, O city of the living God. You will declare kingdom glory and honor and power, and you will do it with a sword coming out of your mouth that will penetrate the thoughts and intents of men's hearts and quicken them and make desire in their heart for change in their life and to let go of everything that stands in the way, and to seize everything that belongs to you for the stewardship of bringing glory to Jesus Christ. But that brings glory to our Father. Oh, there's a great authority being released. The generals of God are standing up. Some of them are women. We think we have apostles and prophets and a great movement of that. But it's an introductory stage in about level three or two, most of them one and two. We're going to number four. And three is going to be very high level starting this year and four, many will break through. Four will come because he's opened the door. Confusion is going to leave the minds of the church and they're going to know the truth and they will hear it, and they will resonate with it, and they will be fired up and excited, and they'll have, whoop, a party. They'll say, hey, come on. Passion is going to be released in you to be who you were created to be. God's got enough nice Christians. He needs some warriors. He's got enough nice men that have had their masculinity removed so they're unable to really be real men. He's removing that. He's removing from women the demonic influence that they have to be sexy and seductive or go nowhere. He's made them to be queens of the king. Brides and glorious and beautiful. Free to be who they're meant to be. Their femininity is on display just by the way they show up, they speak, they walk, and they talk. But they are restrained and have powerful, they're meek, which means strength restrained. 
and they're quiet. They're at peace and confident. They know who they are because they know who he is. And they know whom they serve. And they know who their God is. These women are dangerous. I better start getting some amens in here. This is not a Presbyterian church. Y'all better look at me and smile. I'm telling you good news. Come on now, help me. We are not going to be religious in this house. We're going to be radical and passionate, crazy and wild, deep and sincere, on our faces quiet for hours and on our feet dancing on the devil's head. Do I hear an amen? Angels are all around us in this room. You that are here for the first time, you are really honored to come here and today witness to the fact that an an outbreak of glory is in this city and that God is building some real soldiers together to utterly destroy the powers of darkness that have held our city captive and now must bow their knee in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I said it? Yeah, I'm saying what God said. That's what God said. Do I hear an amen? Amen. It is time we are bold with what we believe. And uh, I said, okay, Lord, I'll do this. I'll do this. Just last December, Christmas time, the whole month. (coughs) I'll do it. I'll do what you're saying. I'll preach this gospel of the kingdom and I'll, I'll preach it fully in all that you showed me when I stood before you, when you caught me up to heaven. I don't mean in my imagination. I don't mean in a dream. I mean when I went to heaven and stood before Jesus. And I will walk in that. I will walk in what I saw when I was a young man. I was 87 years old, white-headed, lean and mean, thin. Multitudes were standing in front of me. I was preaching with fire and multitudes were turning to Jesus and coming back to the king and salvation and glory was breaking out and miracles was saving them and healing them and delivering them. Do I hear an amen? Amen. And it was just the beginning of my life. 87. See, I believe in life and immortality through Jesus Christ. I believe he's coming soon and we, we can hasten, look unto and hasten the coming of the Lord. Anybody believe that scripture in the Bible? <coughs> that he is coming to those who are looking for his appearing? Oh, I'm looking for his appearing in people too. I believe he's going to come in us before he comes to us. But, Not everybody's going to be in that kind of condition on the planet when it happens. So we need to get as many in as we can. And you can do that just by being who you are everywhere you go. You're a magnet. Isn't that right? Any magnets in the house? Anybody want the law of attraction working in your life? Oh, that's Oprah. I beg to differ with you. Uh, She stole that from Jesus. And so did all the rest of them that wrote the secret. They just took things that Jesus established 
and put their little twist on it. That's what the devil likes to do because he's not original, you know. He can't create anything. All he can do is counterfeit and copy. He can copy really well. I mean, he's a good counterfeiter. He can fool you. Like some counterfeiters that can make a $100 bill and you pick it up and look at it and you, wow, this thing's real. And you don't even know. Unless you put it under the light, the right light. Unless you mark it with a certain color pen in it. If it's not the real deal, it won't show that color. We have ways of discerning counterfeits, don't we? Aren't you glad that you have ways of discerning counterfeits? Because see, many are being deceived. That's how he, that's how he works. That's who he is, the deceiver. And so he's a counterfeiter, but he's not original. The closest thing to Jesus that's not Jesus is actually called the spirit of Antichrist. Antichrist, does, the word anti doesn't mean against. It means one who is just like but not real. That's what it means. That's why Paul warned us of another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. Do I hear an amen? amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Are, are you guys awake? You guys went back, settled in again like you're in some other church, not Eagle's Nest. We don't do that. We get stirred up now. We, we stay passionate. We're on fire. Well, just because you say so? Sure, why not? Like shepherd, like sheep. I'm excited about Jesus. Anybody want to be excited with me? Yes. Anybody been bored? <laughs> I've been bored. I don't like boring. How many like boring? I don't like boring. But I like calm, sure, quiet assurance and confidence. And that's what he's given us. I don't like to just spout off and, you know, try to sound like I'm somebody and stand in front of people, walk back and forth and preach like I'm really somebody just because I want people to think I'm somebody. Anybody, you go anywhere that knows me, they'll tell you this is what I'm like. I've always been like this. I like me, even with a chipped tooth. It's not going to keep me from smiling because it can be fixed. Everything can be fixed. I don't care what your flaw is. That shouldn't keep you from being who you are. I don't care where you go or what you do. If you know when you walk in, God is for me. Who can be against me? I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm a new creation. Oh, man. <laughs> he created me really amazing. I'm going in here and be amazing. I'm going to think it in my thoughts. I'm going to speak it with my mouth. I'm going to believe it in my heart. I'm going to walk in there like... <laughs> You ever see a soldier just got out of boot camp? How many have seen soldiers get out of boot camp? You ever notice how they walk? You ever notice how they talk? You ever notice how they look? You ever notice what exudes from them? They've been turned into soldiers. And they know I'm a soldier in the army. I like the Marines because they once a Marine, always a Marine. Even when they get out of Marines, out of the Marines, 
they don't go back to just living like a normal guy. They st- they're Marines all their lives. They talk like it. They walk like it. You can tell a Marine because they're taught that. They're taught once a Marine, always a Marine. You're always going to be a soldier. You're always on call. When you get out of the armed services and the war is over, there's still a war going on in your community and you carry yourself like a soldier in the United States of America. You carry yourself like a Marine. It's awesome. I like that. I like that about Navy SEALs and special forces. I like all of that. I like what the what the soldier mentality does to us. But I want you to be nice. Well, I'm not I'm not a nice guy. I'm a good guy, but not a nice guy. And I'm only good with his goodness. Because apart from him, I'm nothing. But I'm not apart from him. I'm a part of him. And so are you, the body of Christ, connected to the head. And all his thoughts and mind and emotions and everything flows through you. From the head, the nervous system of God, the initiation the goodness of God. God's looking for some soldiers. There's one thing we need to really come to today. I'm going to initiate this to you and share this with you. Um, I was supposed to get up and let somebody else do some things here, but I just I couldn't hold it back any longer. We're supposed to do a transition, so I've just done the transition. <laughs> Everybody say transition, time's over. <laughs> okay. And then I'm supposed to do the offering, so I should probably do the offering right now. And here's what I'm going to say about the offering. I believe in tithes and offerings, but I don't believe in legalistic tithes and offerings. I believe in giving the first fruits of my income and bringing it unto him because he, I love him more than anything else, than anyone else. And I always give what, when I get, I always give the ones I love the most first. A tithe or 10% is a good place to start, I think, as a new believer. Even the Pharisees and hypocrites and the scribes and the Jewish community did that. But I believe that really in the new covenant we're taught that everything belongs to the Lord and I'm a steward. And I need to be wise and know his ways and his word and follow his will. And so as we let you get involved in sowing of your um, stewardship into the kingdom this morning, I want to bless you and thank you for coming and encourage you to do what's in your heart and do it cheerfully. Everybody smile cheerfully. Come on. Come on, cheerfully. And do it in faith. And do it because you love. God so loved the world that he gave. And every one of you born-again believers are just like your papa, and you love to give. How many know it just makes you feel so good when you give? But when you want to, not when you're made to, not when you're manipulated, not when you're pressured, 
that, I don't know about you, but when people pressure me, it may kind of make me, anybody like me, they just kind of sit down on that sort of thing. Just sit down when they're trying to manipulate you or intimidate you to do something. I I don't like that. But I love bold, courageous truth. Thank you, Father. How many were drafted into the army? Did anybody just volunteer? You did both, didn't you? You were drafted and volunteered both. It's cool how God can do that. He can draft you into something and you'll have a volunteer's heart at the same time. And that's what makes the difference because then you can bleed. Then you can really bleed. So, Father, we thank you as we... um, uh, Give this morning that we do it is unto you. We love you, and we give you praise for what you're doing in our lives. Also, Lord, right now, I'm going to just break the power of darkness and unbelief and fear and lack and want or anything else that's in anybody's life here that will be hindering them from sowing seed where you tell them to sow what you want them to do with it and what they know in their heart. And uh, and Lord, we all here are givers. We love to give. We love to give of our substance and of our heart and everything in us because we're your children. And you so love that we love. So uh, everything we do in word and in deed, we do in your name, Jesus. And we thank you Um, for all that you're doing in each person's life here. And Lord, I just command the blessing and success and prosperity of the covenant of our Lord Jesus Christ upon each one here. And multiplication and their seed sown will produce much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Uh, If you want to give to Eagle's Nest, just put that on your check. Uh, There's envelopes, I believe, in the chairs, or should be. Uh, And uh, Marion's standing here in back if you want to use your debit card. So you could go see her, and she'd be glad to take care of that with you. And I'm excited about continuing on. Chu, do you have some announcements? And uh, you come take care of that. Oh, and Wayne's on. I didn't even see that. Wayne's on this morning for 20 minutes, right? Is this for today? Pardon? Oh, this one here is for Thursday? Oh, it's a blurb. Okay. Well, I would like that. Wayne's really... He's got that teaching mantle. It's really excellent. Thank you, Father. Okay. So everybody having a good week? What's the first day of the week? Sunday. So anybody having a good week? (laughs) Hello? All right.
Okay, so we got an announcement. On if you're here for the first time, can I have you raise your hand? We have a packlet for you that we want to hand out for you. And then um, keep your hands up. If you could, keep your hands up. Thank you, Yuka. If you want to stay connected with us, <laughs> uh, if you want to stay connected with us, you can visit us at eaglesnazpropheticcommunity.com or on Facebook too. And uh, we do well, on the topic of spiritual warfare, and we love it. And uh, we do a lot of praying here, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. If you want to join us from 8 to 10s, come and have some fun with us. And as we move into this, God's been showing me a new thing, and it's awesome. He gave me a new revelation, and he also caught me up in a trance a few days ago. And I was caught up in a trance, and a spirit being came, an evil spirit came, as my wife. And I was like, no, you cannot be my wife, because I dropped her off at work. There's no way she could come back here unless I pick her up. And so that spirit being left, and then two other false spirits came by my side. And I was like, Lord... Can I just hit him? And he said, no. You need to learn how to use your angel. Focus on the name of your angels, and they will do the work for you. And so as I started focusing on that, there's this loud noise. A cat just started screaming like crazy outside and woke me up from my trance. And so there's a deeper level, I believe, of spiritual warfare that we could go to where we could learn how to work about angels, where they could come and tell us, this is what I need from the Lord Jesus, and you can see for that on my behalf, and I can have it to fight the warfare for you. So I believe that there's a deeper warfare that we're moving into instead of just screaming, hollering at the demons. There's ways that we could work about angels, and they could do the work for us and we, as we intercede. So I believe that the Lord is teaching us a new round to walk in, and that's the round that's coming. And I really believe that that anointing is coming. So if you love to get into a deeper revelation, a deeper anointing, come and pray with us. Join us in the morning from 8 to 10. And then we also have the gathering on Thursday night here, too, on 7, right, I believe. 7 a night, yes. And also the young adult will be launching this Friday. Uh, I'm not sure on the time yet, but if, seven, seven for sure. And uh, if you're a young adult, you want to join, or if you're older than a young adult, you still want to join. I'm pretty sure Sarah's okay with that. Right, Sarah? <laughs> so, yeah, that's it for uh, announcement. I'm not preaching today. I just want to declare a prophetic word. I believe it's from the Lord that the Eagles are going to win today, even though I'm not an Eagles fan. <laughs> It'll be a prophetic sign that the Eagles are launching. They're taking off. This is the year of the Eagles. Plus, I hate the Patriots. So, <laughs> I'm praying today. I'm going to, I'm praying for the, uh, the Eagles to win. I, I'm a Seahawk fan. I'm the other bird fan. And, uh. But we're going to, Timothy's going to come up. We can welcome him up. We're going to pray for him and just bless him as he shares whatever God's. Father, we thank you for this general. We thank you for what you're doing through him and that what you're establishing here in Reading through um, 
through Timothy and Glenda. We lift them up. We pray your blessing and your protection over their lives and just increased encounters, increased revelation. That God, that you would take them into the into realms and rooms that they've never been into before, and that you would go into rooms and realms of their heart that you've never been into before. That God, that you would, there would be a complete and total exchange of intimacy, just complete abandonment to all that you are, Jesus, for their life. We just so thank for all, for all that they've sown through all the years of ministry, that God, that they've been faithful, and you've been faithful to bring them this far, and you're going to take them to places that, their dreams were just too small, God. Their dreams were just too small, and they're about to see with their eyes, God, how great and how glorious your plan really is for them. And so we just bless them. We thank you for them. We bless the word. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I got this one. You can have it. Well, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about um, something that has to do with warfare that's so vital and so important. It has to do with the blood the blood of the Lamb, the establishment of covenant. And uh, uh, spiritual warfare is really important. There's not um, enough emphasis in certain ministries on spiritual warfare, but there is many, like Chuck Pierce, um, Bishop Bill Hammond, you, you take people like Dutch Sheets and I could just start name all in spiritual warfare, and um, they're into the days that we're in, and and the times and the seasons, and they're identifying certain things. And we see a new breed of of uh, apostles, and I don't like making a big deal of the title of apostle. I love the apostle and high priest Jesus. Do I hear an amen? Now that's a big name, and that's a big deal. Um, it's it's a very high and holy office, same as uh, prophets. All of them are evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The title saint is so glorious and high that the Roman Catholic Church has to take people through hell for a season, reject them and hate them, and then continue on in their path, in their ministry, or in their gift of what they are until, you know, usually 100 or 200 years after they die, and then they say they're a saint, and only ones that they vote in into the club of sainthood are the saints. Um, I believe that's wrong. How many know that's wrong? It's okay to point out something like that. It's wrong because we are called the saints. Every believer is a saint. Do I hear an amen? amen? To the saints, which are at the church at Ephesus. To the saints, which are... Saints means holy ones. That's what the word saint means. So if God thinks highly of us so highly that he calls us a saint and calls us holy ones, I think it would behoove us to really begin to um, uh, take on that kind of confidence in our life. Now, some people are really bold and blunt and straightforward. They're... Um, Every one of them I've ever met, they're, they're soldiers. They have a, uh, a very strong personality. There's color codes that describe four basic personalities, red, yellow, blue, and white. Those are different color codes, and each one of them represents them. The red personalities are power. 
Yellow personalities are fun. White personalities are peace. And blue personalities are thinkers, information. They like details. And you can find those four personality types. They're very real. And it's a very, um, it's a secular description of things that the Bible describes and we see in different apostles. I don't see that any of the apostles were what I would call uh, super nice. <coughs> I don't think any of them would have died of martyrs if they were nice guys. I, li- I use the word nice because uh, in a little bit of a derogatory sense because uh, when I was growing up, if, got, if somebody called somebody a nice guy, it was derogatory. It usually inferred they was a little effeminate. Um, you know, the whole gender thing today, you have to be real careful now what I say. I want to be careful not say anything like queer or faggot or homosexual. It's derogative uh, even to say homosexual, even to say use some terms that have become very politically agitating. But if you go into the gay community, they call each other queer, and they're proud of the word queer. And queer just meant somebody that's odd and different in its first meaning. Words are used in such a way to where they become bad words. And they become offensive to everyone. And anybody with a care or love for people um, doesn't want to use certain terms about people around others with a bad attitude especially. Because see, the attitude is everything behind a word that communicates to you how the person really feels. We've got to realize words written are a whole lot different than words spoken. And words written, if it's written, so shall it be done. We have more confidence. If you write a book, you'll, you, people say, oh, you wrote a book. If you say, I gave a speech, they'll go, oh, that was nice. What was that like? If you write something, it's important. That's why the written word of God is so powerful. Because it is written, so let it be done. It must come into being. God said, concerning his written word, he holds it higher than his name. And that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. That's uh, speaking of this book. Not just the spoken word, but the written word. It's speaking of this book, the Holy Scriptures. When judgment day comes, the books will be opened. Anybody ever read that? How many want their name written in the Lamb's book? Written? This writing stuff is very important. It's really important. Because it has to do with and is established in covenants. And the highest covenants they are in reading and searching out the history of covenant is the blood of Jesus Christ. And blood is the highest covenant therein. There is because blood, <laughs> our life is in our blood. Exodus 17 tells us that. And uh, uh, the life of a human being is in their blood. Blood is highly, highly amazing stuff. Uh, and And... God did something really strange, you guys, when he created a blood covenant for us, and then he became a human being 
and shed his own blood for us. He couldn't do a higher thing. So let's look at blood for a minute. In the nation of Israel, Moses is called to go in and deliver them. Remember? He had to flee Egypt, even though he's one of Pharaoh's adopted sons and was in line for the Pharaoh ship. He had to flee because he slew another human being that oppressed one of his people, the Hebrews. And so he had to flee from the land because they was going to kill him because he shed blood. He shed blood. Moses goes into the wilderness for this long season and God speaks to him, has a burning bush experience. He turns aside to see this great light that's on the side of the mountain and he turns aside to see and he makes his way towards it. He goes to the light. When he gets there, he's commissioned and the Lord tells him what he's going to do. He leaves and goes with his, takes his wife, Gershom, and uh, his little baby child, and they they head for Egypt to go in and deliver the people. He's now commissioned by the Lord to go in and set his people free. And he gives him a staff, and, you know, he turns the staff into a supernatural thing and gives him a couple of signs showing it'll be supernatural. How many want some signs of supernatural power confirming your Christian lifestyle? Without signs and wonders, you guys, we need signs and wonders in our life. May I say this to you very boldly? You are a sign looking for a place to make people wonder. You are a living sign. And you have miracles in your mouth and in your fingertips. You cannot win this war without weapons that are not natural, but supernatural and powerful. And therefore, he has given them to you. And he, when he baptized you in the Holy Ghost and fire, he only did it because you had accepted the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the blood, the shedding of the blood. You can have the word of God, <coughs> and you can have available the Holy Spirit. Do I hear an amen? But what activates them and causes them to operate is it is written. It's in the covenant of blood, the blood covenant, the New Testament. A covenant has been written for us. It has been written for us so we can continue the work of Jesus. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. You guys all know this stuff. Everything I'm telling you already know. I'm just stirring up your pure memory. I remember when the Lord saved me. Actually, I'll, I, I, the first time Jesus saved me, I was six years old, and, and there was an evangelist preaching on this little platform, small little stage in a little small building about 30 foot long, a little Quonset hut. There was about 20 people there, or 30, and... This evangelist came in and was preaching, and he was preaching about the cross, and he made the cross so real. I was sitting there on the first row next to my mother on these little wooden benches, and 
I was watching this evangelist preach the gospel, and he described the cross and everything about it, and he described it so real and with such revelation and conviction that suddenly I didn't see him anymore. I saw Jesus on the cross looking at me and saying, Father, forgive him. He doesn't even know what he's doing. And it so did something to me at six years of age that I jumped. And I loved Jesus, but I'd never been born again. I just was a mommy and daddy's Jesus. And I literally jumped off of my pew, and there was a little prayer altar there, and I jumped down there on my knees, hit my knees, and cried out, Jesus, Jesus, save me from my sin. Save me, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you. And I was born again by an open vision of Jesus, and his blood was all over him. And he was preaching on the power of the blood and the power of the cross. It never left me. And I loved Jesus and became a teenager and did what every little, good little Assembly of God boy does. I left the church and backslid and went into the world. But I didn't quit going to church. I still came to church and went to the altar and repented and rededicated my life every time there was an anointing. And I still wanted God, but I wanted to go find out about the world. And uh, there was problems in the church and one of the pastors, he, uh, very, very, very good pastor, very dear, but he got into an affair with the piano player, and, and it broke my heart. And there were people was mad and everything. I wasn't mad at him. I just said, forgive him. I didn't understand anything. I just, forgive him. He's our pastor. Why are you mad at him? We all sin, you know. That was my little boy mentality. And of course, he was out. They kicked him out and threw him to the curb. Really sad the way we shoot the wounded. You know what I mean? We should not shoot the wounded because we're going to get wounded. Do you want to be shot? No, of course you don't. We all need mercy, lots of it. Lots of it, lots Anybody want to say, God, give me mercy? (laughs) Anybody want to say, God, thank you for mercy? Because we get lots of mercy. (laughs) Yeah. So I went prodigal, and I stayed that way for many years. And I went prodigal the same way I went Jesus with everything I was. And I just went out and lived a terrible life. He called me back when I was 27. He tried calling me before, and I came back to him a few times, and at 18, I told him I was never going to come back to him again until I really meant it. Because I kept coming back to Jesus and rededicating and going right back to live my own selfish way. So I just made a covenant. I'm never coming to you again until I mean it with all my heart. I cannot do this to you. It was, a, it, was, it was probably 
the best thing that ever happened to me, even though it was a bad covenant to make and a bad vow. Now, I went out and lived like the devil, of course, 27. He met me. I read, Glenda, the, a book was written about us in a chapter called The Prodigals. And the, there were three people mentioned in that chapter. And one was me and one was Larry Randolph. and One was Don Brooks, the pastor of the church, where we both, Larry and I, both came back to Jesus in Hot Springs, Arkansas. He came in uh, several months before me. And I came to the Lord through the power of the singing of the gospel through Russ Taff and his group called The Sounds of Joy. I don't know if you ever heard of Russ Taff. He was a Grammy Award winner, famous worship leader and songwriter and had bands and phenomenal pioneer of Christian, contemporary Christian music in the 70s. Larry played on his band and he was up there singing the blood, the power of the blood, the power of the blood. And it just, and there was a guy playing the trumpet and the trumpet started talking to me. Every note, everything, words came out of that trumpet and called me to him. (laughs) I was standing in the back shaking how can a trumpet talk? <laughs> I, was a, I was a pretty rowdy dude, you know. I was a, thought I was, a, you know, bad to the bone and all that stuff. <laughs> I was so full of fear. I just knew, you know, just, you know when you're paranoid? You're afraid. And I was paranoid. <laughs> and it's fear. It's just it's actually, according to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it's the fear of death. That everything you're in bondage to, if you trace it back, it's the fear of dying. And it holds all men captive and enslaves them in bondage to this day. That's what it says. And uh, so God's going to deliver us from some fear. It's one of the greatest weapons of the enemy. He causes, as a, it starts as a little doubt. Doubt begins as a mental skepticism or emotional skepticism. And then fear. Doubt, fear, and full-blown goes on unbelief. And that you read the book and look up the word unbelief, and the word unbelief is rebellion. You go into rebellion. You rebel against doing God's word, and you do your own way. And doubt, fear, and unbelief is the greatest three enemies of every believer. And it's what the enemy tries to use to hold us captive and keep us from believing everything. When you, when you make up your mind, I'm a believer and not a doubter, and you catch doubt when it enters your mind, and you start saying, no, ah, that's doubt. That goes against the written word of God and against what God has spoken to me and against the spirit of Christ, it is not the nature of God. I will not be afraid. You start getting so fearless and so bold and so absolute about what you believe that you will curl other Christians' hair. And they will wonder, this guy is so arrogant. 
who does he think he is? And it's not arrogance, it's boldness, it's courage, it's absoluteness. Read the New Testament, read the words of Jesus, read the words of the apostle. They did not mealy mouth. They spoke the truth in love, in power and authority because they knew they were in a warfare. This blood that was being sung by Russ Taff and that group brought me inside to my knees. I didn't show it. I stood there, and the guy with the trumpet, they finished last song. He sent three or four songs about the blood. The blood got me, you guys, the blood. Uh, see, uh, um, the promises of God don't work unless you place it on the blood. Because the promises that are in the New Testament are only appropriated through Jesus dying on the cross to us. Not anything else. Any faith without the blood involves not true faith. It's positive thinking. Positive thinking is better than negative thinking. But it doesn't have the power of the gospel. Do I hear an amen? It does not. It does not. And there's a, there's a big movement going on right now about positive thinking and please hear this, and I'm not trying to put down any of my brothers. I was in it myself, and then God had to wake me up. But God's not, God's not negative. God's positive, right? I'm not looking. God's not negative or positive. Those are human terms to describe and put in a box what you consider to be what God looks like to you. But God is neither negative or positive. God is God. God is truth. God is the word. All of the word. Not just the verses that feel good. Because the verses that don't feel good are the disciplines that we must bring in our children and talk to our children about raise them up and tell them things that makes them feel bad sometimes. Because if you don't, the thing they're doing is going to grow into something really bad and you love them enough to correct them. And God loves us enough to correct us. Well, this is not what the message is about. This is about the blood of the Lamb and the appropriation of every good and perfect gift that comes to us from the Father of lights and every promise. And all of the weapons of our warfare are appropriated most powerly, powerfully through the blood of the Lamb. And no soldier can be in the army and be a true soldier. No soldier can carry himself like a soldier. People say, people get on me all the time. I get, you know, people don't understand me. They don't understand me because, uh, because I'm so absolute. I, I don't believe in dogmatic because dogmatism is a legalistic stand on anything. In, 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 you can be very idealistic and miss God. But the truth will set you free. And the truth is always anointed. And it's only anointed if it comes from the finished work of the cross. If it comes through the power of the blood of the Lamb. If we get back to the blood of the Lamb, we're going to start seeing greater and more miracles. Do I hear an amen? By the way, this is going to be a year of outbreaking of miracles like you have never seen in your life and mysterious workings of God in the heavens above and in the earth beneath, signs and wonders. And we have never seen the like of about what's to happen. And, and God is about to raise up people in the body of Christ with inventions 
and just one little tweak on a certain matter, and, they're, and it's going to be worth lots of money. Everybody say money. Anybody want some money? The silver and the gold belongs to the Lord. I would like to have lots of money. I have lots to do. There's lots of needs and lots of people. And besides that, I have 27 grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I do. Therefore, I need some money, honey. Do I hear an amen? Not only that, I love my wife so much, I want to give her what she don't even ask for. I want to give her more. Anybody want to give your loved ones more? How many are asking for more? Well, include this in it. Don't be ashamed or afraid to, to say, I'm a steward of some things. And not only that, we have a commission. And I mean, <laughs> you ever notice when I walk, I strut? How many notice that? I kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to walk the way I do and act the way I do when you're my age. I'm 105. You just don't do that. <laughs> People want you to walk like this. When you do, they criticize you. You walk like this, they criticize you. You walk normal, they criticize you. Why don't you understand? Please listen. I know that sounded mean. But get this. Don't try to please people. Please God. Because he is very pleased with you. Get rid of it. When you live to serve the desires of man before considering God, you become the slave of man and the slave of sin. It will take you down a road you can never get there. You can never satisfy. You can never fill it up. Am I preaching in enough passion here? Anybody know you can get free from this right here today? You have been too concerned about what others think of you and not concerned enough about what you think of yourself. In your quiet time, when you're alone, when you're facing the crowd, when you're called to a decision and you have to go this way or that way, are you going to please what they think because you want to belong? Are you going to say, you know, I know you're probably not going to like this, but I just can't go that way. And the reason I can't is because my conscience will condemn me. And not only that, I don't believe the Lord would do it that way. So I'm not going with you. Come on, do I hear an amen? amen. We got to pray for our president. Thank God for Donald Trump. I'm so glad we've got him as a president. Why? Because God wanted him there. He wouldn't be there if he didn't. Do I hear an amen? Not only that, I like the fact you know where he's at. And some of the places where he goes, I don't want to go. Well, maybe sometimes I do, but don't have the courage he does. Could it be that? He's a soldier, you guys. He's a wrecking ball. He's called by God to mess things up to turn over, to tip, to root up, pluck down, pull down and destroy, then build and plant Jeremiah 1. I don't know how much building and planting is going to get done. He's doing a pretty good job. I want to be in a generation of people and in a household of faith where we really are as bold and real 
in the love of Jesus. Can you imagine what's going to happen to this man when he gets baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire and a holy angel appears around him and he sees him, then Jesus appears and says, turn my nation back to God. Can you imagine that kind of president? Anybody praying for that to happen? I prayed that for Obama. That's a miracle. Mega miracle. Do I hear an amen? Are you guys with me? You're awful quiet. Am I startling you because I'm so... <laughs> I'm a soldier. We're in war. It's time for battle. I feel like a brave heart on my horse. I'm going to pick a fight. I do. I'm serious. We're in dire times. There's great needs. There are billions of people on this planet that don't know Jesus. God is about to drop on us with something so much bigger than the day of Pentecost and a fire and a glory is going to burn in us. I mean, you're going to heal the sick, raise the dead. All of your children are going to turn back to God. Your families are going to come home. God's going to give you the wealth of the wicked. It's stored up for those that live righteously and want to give it to the kingdom after have in always considered. I'm giving my family the best that God wants me to give them in the wisdom. I won't spoil them. They'll learn to work and be wise. But they're going to have what they need to fulfill their destiny. And I'll make sure in Jesus' name by His grace that they will utterly and completely fulfill every good word and every promise that comes down from the Father of lights. You guys just all missed a really good place to shout. I guess none of you want any of that. I think I'm just so intense, I just kind of paralyze people. I'm not apologizing. You know, <laughs> it was dangerous for me. I'm, I'm like this. And then I go to Portland, Oregon and spend two days with David Hogan on the third day, I spent an hour with him personally in the parking lot, just him and I going back and forth and him giving me all kinds of things. We've known each other for years, so. You get around that guy, you... I mean, this is the truth. I'm a big dog. You know? When I get around him, I feel like a pup. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? The man is so bold about Jesus and fearless. He's so fearless and he has the works and the power following him because he preaches this gospel of the kingdom unashamedly. And I'll tell you what, in 43 years in ministry and all I've seen and everywhere I've been and, and, and it's been majestic, this is going to happen here too. I'm hoping some of you new people will like this enough. If you don't like me, just listen to the word. If you say, I don't know about him, he's a bit much for me, just listen to the word I'm preaching and feel the anointing and feel, and if it's challenging your emotions and your way of thinking, let it set in on you and ask God what it will produce in your life because I know what it produces, this gospel of Jesus Christ. I know what it produces. 
I know it produces everything promised because he, I have walked it out and it's proven. I have seen, verified by doctors, six people raised from the dead. That pretty much convinces you, especially when one of them was one of your own children, pronounced dead on the emergency table by the doctors. And I knocked them out of the way and threw myself on her and called her back. She turned pink instead of the blackish blue color she was. Her face twittered. Eyes did that. Face got shiny, looked up and said, Daddy, what am I doing here? And the doctors all dumbfounded and nurses. Code blue lights, all kinds of doctors run in there. We've lost her, she's gone. Don't tell me this don't work. Don't tell me financially it won't work. When I've needed comments, I needed finances. And I've gone to the Lord and said, Lord, what do I do? How do I call this in? And he said, you've got enemies stopping it, and they're unseen enemies. Prophesy against them. Put the blood of the lamb against them. Take the sword of the spirit and slay them. I'll show you their names and who they are. I said, Lord, are these principalities in the heavens? I don't want to approach them without proper protocol and authority and us together in a, 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 a governmental situation. I don't want to do that. That's, you've taught me that. And he said, no, these are assigned to you and you have power over them and you haven't taken them out. He's taken me through that process again right now in a higher dimension because of what he's about to release. And then I said, what do you want me to do next? And he said, I want you to give everything you've got. You know what he just told me to do? He told me start giving away everything. That's exciting. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Why am I, are you giving away everything you've got? No, actually what I'm doing is trading it all for an upgrade. <laughs> Don't tell me it won't work. Well, there isn't anything you says that. Don't tell, me, don't tell me I'm just trying to hype you to be a bigger giver. If you're right, I am. Because in giving you shall receive, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall I cause men to give into your bosom. Those are the words of my Lord Jesus Christ. Cannot fail. Amen. Cannot fail. Oh, yeah, but, 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 no, no, but. We're not billy ghosts running around butting. It's not what we are. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Come on. Skepticism, unbelief, doubt. Masking, excuses for justification of a language that steals and kills and destroys and takes from the ones we love and people we want to help, including our own selves. And we tolerate them, the day of tolerating them is over. It is time for war and it's time to win. It's time to destroy all of our enemies and arise and shine and let your light come for the glory of the Lord is upon you. <laughs> well, glory to God, I'm getting excited. Why are you so loud? Because I'm passionate, demonstrative, and Pentecostal. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We've been living in a rented house. It's over. We're supposed to have a big piece of property with lake and water on it. We're going to get it. 
We're going to raise up something here that's not here. We're not seeking to be like anybody else. We're seeking to be what God wants us to be, and it's probably different than everybody else, but probably is going to be a lot like everybody else in some ways because what's out there, all of us together are one in. A lot of the gospel is working in the church of the living God. Do I hear an amen? Amen. And there's some good men and women out there, but God's looking for some soldiers, and he's looking for some men and women of caliber, and he's looking for some generals and people that would have authority like you. Like you, my brother. Soldier. Not a deacon or an elder. Well, blessed be now, God, I'm an elder. I was just talking about fishing out there. I got a whole string of them, man, filled my boat. It was great. Uh, would you pray, brother? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, Father, we come to thee in the name of Jesus. Oh, highest and lofty one. Oh, unreachable, unknowable God. It's amazing what happens when you give people a title like elder or deacon or apostle or prophet. When God gives that to people, they just are it. Do I hear an amen? amen. And you are it. So she, burning one. I said, you've been here before. Haven't you? Never? Where have I seen you? That's another one of those things. Uh, that's amazing. I thought you'd been here several times. Finally, you went and got your husband to come. But you haven't been here. Well, that wasn't no word knowledge. Pardon? You got her. You got her. Yeah, come on. Come on. Well, I may be scaring her, but I hope so. A little bit of the right kind. We want you new people to come back. But I'm not going to try to please you with a pastoral mode that's so appealing and be like the status quo and everybody else. We can't do that here. My God, come here. Please don't try to be like me or anybody else. Please come here and be who you are and be and know who you are in him because he is in you. And he is, he is amazing. He is amazing. And he's our general in the army of the The blood covenant, you guys, the blood covenant of the Lord, these words that we preach and that we believe in, these gifts, these miracles. They're available to every believer. When my aunt laid on her deathbed and another aunt with cancer saying that she had it in her lungs and was going to die, in Arizona and I prayed for them went to them and prayed that one of them I went to she was in hospice they said she wouldn't live through the night the next day she put on all of her clothes got out of that bed unplugged everything and said and they put her in a chair to wheel her out and she said I'm walking out of here well we have to wheel you out no you don't wheel me out I'm walking I'm never getting in that again I've been healed Jesus healed me she believed. She really believed. And she walked out of there. I just talked to her on the phone. She'd been preaching the gospel, went home, cleaned up her house, fixed her life, set herself on some new relationships. She had about six diseases that was killing her. They're all gone. Doctors can't find any of it. That's a miracle, you guys. Come on. Jesus can do anything. 
And he will. He will. Is Jesus kind and tender, gentle, soft-spoken? Yes. Is he bold? Oh, my goodness. I've got the Gospel of John, and I've got, I've got it in two different renditions, and the Jesus portrayed in that. Oh, my gosh. Fearless, bold. In the face of religion. How many here like religion? Anybody? Nobody raising their hand? Me neither. Religion. Religion will dumb you down. It'll, it, it, it'll, religion will castrate you, man. <laughs> it weakens you. <laughs> Come on, let's rejoice with him. You realize what just happened to him? We're in a new day. Don't look at these numbers. This is temporary. I got so excited this morning when I seen you over there coming in. I seen you guys coming in. I got excited. I mean, you you have every right. I'm not trying to manipulate you. You may I may never see you again. I doubt that. I want to doubt that. That's a good doubt. You gotta doubt your doubts. Face your fears. Oh Jesus, transplant your unbelief with belief by decision. Found in the words of your mouth. I am a believer. Yeah, but well, I'm just no 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 no. I'm a believer. I'm a believer because all things are possible to him to believe. Every dragon in your life will be slain. Go out of here knowing you are going to go face your giants and you're not going to say, I'm a grasshopper in my own eyes. You're not going to say, they're giants, they are too big, we cannot take their cities. Their cities are walled up and too big. No. You're like Joshua and Caleb, and you're going to go in <laughs> to every one of your situations and apply the word of God with strength, knowing, well, I don't feel that, though. I don't feel that. We're not talking about feeling. We're talking about a choice like you did when you decided to follow Jesus. I choose Jesus. I believe. Everything into you was wrestling to not until finally you said, I will make a decision to choose him. You make it every day. Because Jesus and his promises, the word, are one and the same. The word was made flesh. That's his breath that breathed into those apostles and prophets that made them write down his words. They're alive. They don't leap off of the pages. They're words of light. When I appeared before him, every light ray that came out of him was the word of the Lord. 
and it inscribed the scriptures all through me. And I came back from that and could quote the word and still can. Any subject for hours. Of course, I've read the Bible my whole life. Loved it and meditated it. Studied it. Even when I was a prodigal, I carried a Bible and read it. All my hippie friends get in spiritual discussions and I'd start preaching the gospel. I'd be surrounded by a bunch of hell's angels and Satan's slaves, motorcycle gangs, and be in the club partying with them and I'd jump up on a, on a table and start preaching the gospel to them to repent. Tears were flooding down my eyes. That's why they nicknamed me Preacher. I couldn't get rid of it even when I was lost at a prodigal. His power rested upon me and preserved me. I died three times of overdoses and came back to life. One time I was dead for four hours. I'm a walking miracle. And people are cowardly and fearful. And they're bondage to it and they hurt. And they feel bad about themselves and they've lost confidence and they don't know who they are. I've come to face cowardice. It comes to me every day and presents itself and says, you must be a coward because of these things. If you don't, these things, you're going to cause this. Be bold and courageous. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. And this word of the law shall not depart from your lips, but you shall meditate it therein day and night. And then you shall have good success and everything you put your hand to will prosper. Who here needs a financial miracle? Anybody need a financial miracle? Can I see your hands? Financial miracle. I have a word for you. Give. If you're stuck at a certain program that you have of giving and you're doing the same thing every week break it what would I give I don't have enough money what do you have I found when I started giving away the things that meant the most to me treasures not something somebody gave me and made me promise I wouldn't give it away because people have done that to me a lot they've had to because they know me Start giving some things away, you guys. Live to give. Every time you're going to meet somebody and talk to them, think of what you can give them. It may not be a thing. It may be something. Something in you, a word of encouragement. Pray for them. Meet them with Jesus. Thank you, Father. Meet them with Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray right now. I am so grateful that there is no lack in your kingdom and there will be no lack in this house. There will not be one family here that doesn't have their own home and cars that they don't have to make payments on. In the name of Jesus, vehicles, and they're taking care of their children. Finances to give, and to entertain people, and to be a house of joy and blessing, sharing the bounty of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.